What's up everyone? Anthony Heller here with Deervane and this is a, a slightly different podcast than what we I usually talk about. Been talking about turkeys, going to be transitioning to whitetails here. But this podcast uh, today is about self-work, self-worth, and progression. Progression through life. Life is we are raised and born here and for the main part in the in the states and a lot of our culture is very well defined for us from ages 1 to 18 right you you you're born you go through life in the beginning then your parents put you into a school system and everything is decided for you until you're 18 right you're going to the next grade you're making that progression you're going to the next grade you're moving forward you're playing sports, you're moving up, you're growing older, you're changing teams, you're moving teams. Um, everything is just progression through life as you go. And it's all just kind of there for you, especially in school, which is something, you know, that's relatable for all of us. Everything's decided for you and you're, and you're automatically progressing, progressing just because you have to take the tests, you have to pass the grade that, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade, and you move on. And then there's this weird thing that happens when you're 18 and you graduate, there is no next step. There's no right next step. There's no wrong next step. It's just what you do next. And I think that trips a lot of people up. Um, and I think it carries with them through life. And it's something that carried with me for a long time. I went to the next step for me was college. That's the next step for a lot of people, but um, that's because a, a lot of the public school system and teachers and, and everybody in your life pushes that, you know, you got to go to college, you got to go to university, you got to go to the next step, which again, then from 18 to 22 or 23 or however long you're in college is all decided for you as well. You got to pass the test. Here's the next class. Here's the next test. You got to pass this and move on and move on and move on. And then you get into actual life, you know, for those of us who, who go to college, you go through that routine, uh, again, that schedule. And then, uh, and for those of you who don't good for you, I, I don't think less of anybody. I actually think a lot more of a lot of people who don't go to college and have a phenomenal life and don't incur the debt and don't, don't incur the problems that come with college. There's also, uh, certainly a necessity to college for, jobs that need training, that need, you know, uh, a next level of education like doctors or dentists or nurses or, you know, people like that who actually have a full on thing. But like, you know, I went to school for business. Business is something you can learn on the streets, something you can learn from a mentor or something you can learn at any job anywhere. Um, so that's, it's kind of an oddball uh, degree to get because I know a lot of people have business degrees and they suck at business. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm not saying I'm phenomenal at it or anything, but but the point I'm trying to make here is that after you get out of that and you get into the job market and the world and you start, you know, earning money for a living and you have to make money to pay rent and all that, the progression path for you is not decided. There is no next step. You could get a job for $15 an hour and be there for the next 40 years and never move, never do anything different. And maybe that's what makes you happy. Maybe you enjoy doing whatever that is. Maybe it's moving parts down an assembly line. Maybe it's, 
you know, tri uh, framing up houses. Maybe it's, I, I turned light bulbs for uh, many years. Um, it, it, it's, it could be anything. And maybe that's exactly where you want to be. But I think that that is what causes some people to like panic or become depressed or feel unfulfilled or you just lack of enthusiasm in life is because they don't know how to progress to the next step or there's not someone there helping them out. And that is what I wanted to talk about today is that progression and forcing something that I, uh, I don't know who said this or if, or if I made it up, but it's been with me for a lot of years. And that is the, the saying of complacency kills greatness. If you want to be great at something, you can never be complacent with where you're at. If you look at any of the people that are out there in the world that you follow on social media that you think are awesome, phenomenal, whether it's an athlete, um, a David Goggins, uh, a Joe Rogan, um, a Cameron Haynes, um, those are people that I that I kind of follow. Um, anybody else, Tim Kennedy, um, any of those Black Rifle guys, like all, all those people, um, the people you look up to, none of them were were complacent with where they were at. They always wanted to take another step. They always wanted to move forward. They always wanted to keep going, keep growing, keep getting better. And and if you're one of those people that are okay with where you're at and that's all you want to do, then that's fine and then maybe this podcast isn't for you. But for those of you who want to continue to progress and continue to move forward, you have to find ways within yourself to make that happen. No one is out there in the world looking at your job, looking at you going, man, I really want you to have this promotion. I really want you to get promoted over me. I really want you to do better. I really want, and I'm going to work with you every day to move you up the ranks. People, people just don't do that. And, and it's not out of, I, there are certainly some people who do, and they may do for a short period of time, but nobody you know, besides unless you're still babied by your mother and she's helping you out every day as you talk to her, you know, at once a week or twice a week or whatever. And she's like, well, honey, maybe you should do this or honey, maybe you should do that. People just don't like that's just not something that uh, that really doesn't happen. And, and I don't think it's something you want to happen. You need to have the motivation within yourself to progress, to move forward, to get better at what you're after. Because at the end of the day, if you don't want it, you're never going to achieve it. Right? I can I can work with you as hard as I can and I can work with you every single day to get better at whatever it is that we're working on. Maybe like I, I played soccer for a lot of years and maybe you want to become a, a better soccer player. Maybe a six fifteen year old kid, his dad comes up to me and say, hey, say, Hey, Anthony, I want you to help, you know, my son Jimmy become a better soccer player. And if I talk to that kid, Jimmy, and I go, Hey man, do you want to play soccer? And he goes, Well, it's kind of fun, but you know, I really like playing video games. I'm out. Like I, I'm not interested in training that kid because that kid is never going to want to get better. He's just going to go through the motions, right? And that's, that's where a lot of people are at. And a lot of people get stuck. They just get stuck in a rut. And I've seen it. I've seen it with friends. I've seen it with family. I've seen it with people that I just talked to on Instagram. They get stuck. And then, and then that stuckness 
turns into a depression and a lack of a lack of wanting to move a lack of I'm, I'm too afraid i'm too scared i don't want to go after this thing i don't want to try this next step and you just get stuck and then you get fear and then you get locked in and then three or four years go by and you realize you're at the same job doing the same shit that you still fucking hate and you're not progressing and you're just feeling like dick and that is what I I just can't stand, and I have been there. Something that uh, about myself that that I've learned um, over the years. You know, you always try to. One of the things that I always try to do is self evaluate, self evaluate, and it's something that that really has helped me. Sitting down, no no phone, no TV, no outside influences whatsoever, and just sit there with yourself for 15 to 20 minutes and think about your life. Think about where you want to be in one year, where you want to be in six months, where you want to be in 10 years and have that mental image in your mind, figure out where you want to be and are you on track to get there? Are you on track to make that happen? And if you're not, how do you get there? Regret is something I hate. And and the thing that I learned about myself is I will go through phases in life seemingly much quicker than other people. I will become depressed, but I won't be to come depressed for a month, for two weeks, for one week. I'll, I'll be, I'll be stuck in a rut for a couple days, maybe, or maybe one day. And then I figure out, I self-reflect, I figure out I'm in that rut. I figure out the cause of why I'm in that rut. Why am I feeling this way? What is wrong in my life? What if, What is wrong in my work, in my family, uh, with my wife, with my kids, with my parents, with hunting, with deer vein? What is, what is wrong with me that is causing me to be this way? And how the hell do I get out of it? What is the problem and what's the solution? Right. And that's something and, and I see people who get stuck in these ruts, but they can't they can't self-diagnose like that, or they don't want to self-diagnose, or they don't want to look at themselves in the mirror and see the truth that it's just them being lazy. And that's that's just uh to me it's just you have to face the music. You have to look yourself in the mirror and figure out who you are and get out of that rut and move past it. Because for for me, like there is no there is no end goal. Uh, I mean, there is an end goal. Like I want to, I want to do what I want to do for a living and I want to do it every day. That is the end goal. Like I, you have to realize that, that there isn't, if, if your if your end goal is to make a million dollars and then you make a million dollars and then you have a million dollars and you're sitting at home watching Netflix, eating Cheetos and you feel depressed and your life sucks, then what the fuck was the point of getting the million dollars? There isn't one right? Like you're, you, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't bring you happiness. What brings you happiness is your day-to-day routine and making sure at the end of the day that you feel good about yourself and moving through life and progressing to me, that is what makes me feel good, right? In the simplest of terms, if you're trying to run a mile and day one, you ran, you ran an eight minute mile. Well, let's just start a little bit higher. Day one, you ran a 10 minute mile. And you work on running a mile and on day 20, you're still running a 10 minute mile. That's not progression. That doesn't make you feel good. It actually makes you feel worse, right? Because you're not progressing. You're feeling like a piece of shit. And if you translate that same thought process into your work 
And if you go, man, I have, I've had this job where I'm making 45 grand a year and I've been here and you look at yourself five years later and you're still at that same job making 45 grand a year. Like that doesn't feel, I usually doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good to me because you haven't progressed. You haven't moved forward in life. You haven't done anything different. Now you're, now you're starting to regret the last five years and that regret starts to sink in, causes depression, causes unhappiness and, and, and life just kind of goes down a toilet. So you need to make a change when that happens, right? That's where you self-diagnose and you go, shit, this is the problem. I'm still here. I'm still doing the same shit. I'm unhappy, still going to the same bars with the same people, drinking the same beers, doing the same shit. And it's not, and I'm not happy about it. And you got to get out of it. And if that's the case, you got to get out of that rut. If that's by all means, like if that's what you guys love to fucking do and you're listening to this and you're like, dude, all I want to do is, you know, sit there and drink my beer at the end of the bar and live my life and just do my shit. That's fine. Like, go ahead and do it. This Again, this podcast is not for you, and I'm not discrediting that. Whatever makes you happy. But there are people, a lot of people out there in this world that that they just can't get past that. And and the problem is, is that they're, they're told they've been good enough their whole life. They've told, oh, you tried hard enough, that's okay. And it's not. It's not okay. Because if you try a hundred times and you lose a hundred times, well, then you better fucking try 101 times. You better try 102. You need to keep going and you need to keep progressing because until you feel that, that line that you got to where you wanted to get to, like again, back to the 10 minute mile thing. If you're at 10 minute mile and in 20 days, you're at a nine and a half minute mile, that feels pretty damn good. And in 30 days, you're at a nine minute mile. And in 40 days, you're at an eight and a half minute mile. And in 50 days, you're at a 745 mile. And in 70 days, you're at a seven minute mile. That is progression. And that makes you feel good. You are getting somewhere. You are getting after it and you are moving forward. And there is a natural just uh, power within you, a natural happiness that comes from that progression. And for me, that doesn't like that's one of the reasons why I love weightlifting and working out so much because you can't cheat. You cannot cheat cheat the process. You have to work hard. And if you're like for me one of the things that I am stuck in that really fucking sucks for me is like bench pressing two plates. Like what is that 90? It's 2 225 or 2 yeah, it's 225. Like that is something I have worked on so much to get past and I keep getting fucking stuck at it and it's because I keep quitting early. I don't put in enough months to break past that. And I need to just put in more time. I need to be better on my diet. I need to put in more time. I need to work harder and I can make that happen, but they're just there is no cheating it. I don't put in the effort. I don't put in the time and I don't break it. And that's all on me. That's my fault. That's my problem. Right. And the same thing happens in work. All right. You translate, translate it out to, out to weightlifting and running and you put it into work. Right. So, I mean, back to, to running, you know, one of the things that I have always told myself, I was a soccer player through college and we had to run for tryouts. We had to run two miles in 12 minutes. That's what we had to do in order to make the team. Now, only a handful of guys, you know, six to eight guys would actually do that out of 22 every year. But that was the that was the request. It was, quote unquote, a requirement. But then you only have six guys pass. You can't make a team with only six guys. So you let other people in. 
right? But at the same time, like I've always thought I was a decent runner. So then this year, my goal was to run a marathon. And, and I set out to do it and I set out to do it in under four hours and I worked at it and worked at it. Uh, I didn't put as much work as I wanted to in and things just kept popping up and I started having to make it a priority and I didn't get as much running in as I wanted to. And I ran a four hour and eight minute mile or a four hour and eight minute marathon. I was so happy to finish in the time in, in the moment, I was so happy just to, to finish. But on mile 17 through 21, 22, life sucked. I was laughing. I was crying. I was in pain. I was happy. My legs told me to stop. My brain laughed because I, I wasn't going to. There was no other option. There was no option for me to stop. Like I couldn't. I, you, you have to finish. No one's coming to pick you up right? And you have seven hours to do it. So you just got to keep fucking going. And then at mile 23, I realized where I was at from a time frame standpoint. And I started to get, and I, and I pushed my ass through from 23 to 26 and a half and, or 26.2. And I got a four hour and eight minute mile, but I knew at 23 or 24 minutes, 24 miles, I wasn't going to make my time. And I knew that was going to suck. And I pushed hard to still try to make it but I had a very good idea that I wasn't going to make up that eight minutes. And now, like I told my, I told myself one and done, like I just want to be able to do it. And now in my mind, I'm like, fuck, I got to break four hours. So within the next couple of years, I'm going to run another marathon. I'm going to break four hours and I'm going to shoot for three 30. I'm going to try to get it. And I know I can, I just got to put in more effort and more training and I got to try harder. But to me, that's progression. I always told myself I could do it. So I finally looked myself in the mirror. I said, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Put your money where your mouth is. Stop thinking it in your mind and actually prove it. And I did. And I ran it. But I didn't run it in the goal that I set. So now I got to do it again. And that's just where it's at. And so this this progression in moving through, in, in through workouts and in through life it translates into in, it translates into a few major topics or major like portions of your life, and that would be in your work, and in your money, and of course a hunting podcast in your hunting. And the hunting one is is can be fairly obvious, but I also think there are some subtleties in there that we're going to talk about. But I want to talk about progression in work and in money the most. And this is something that I work on and all of us should be working on every single day. Because I, the thing that the thing that 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 scares me the most, my biggest fear is looking back in 5 years and realizing I haven't moved or I haven't changed or I haven't done anything different and I'm stuck in this rut and I just haven't ever had anything and I'm and I'm full of regret. Because w- once time is gone, you can't take it back. It's you, you can't erase it. You know, I used to play a lot of video games where you like, you know, you go through the the journey or whatever, then 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 something bad happens and you can just turn off the game and turn it back on and restart at a new che- at a, at the old checkpoint, right? Where you were, I don't know, whatever, 20 minutes ago. Like shit, I fucked that up. I want to turn it off and restart back to that old checkpoint. You don't get that in life, right? You can't go down a road, you can't work at a job for 2 years and be like, "Fuck, this job turned out bad. I want to go back 2 years and restart." It doesn't happen. 
So you need to be intentional with your time and you need to be intentional with where you want to go. Because if you look back in five years and you go, man, where'd the time go? I'm in the same spot where I am. You don't get it back. You went from 40 years old to 45 years old and you, and, and you don't feel like you did anything. That scares me the most. The other big thing is, is you never know when your time is up. Death is a real funny thing. I think about, I, th- I think about death, death every now and then. Um, there's always somebody that, you know, when, whenever there's a, a death from a friend or a family or member or whatever it is, you know, a relative of a relative, I always think about that because death is one of those things that it can come at any time for anyone, right? And, and something I learned a while back when, so my mom got breast cancer, breast cancer runs in my family and my aunt's had it. My mom's had it. My grandma died of it. And a few years ago, my mom got breast cancer and she, um, just kind of looked at us uh, over dinner one night and she said, Hey guys, I have breast cancer. I have to go in for, for chemo and surgery. And it's kind of, you're sitting there on a Sunday night dinner and your mom says that to you. You don't know what to say back. <laughs> just kind of, I, I, I was totally lost in that moment. Um, I just said, all right, well, good, go get it. Let's, let's beat it. You know, I, I didn't know what else to say. Um, and it was a really like uh, pivotal moment, like I- internally for me. It made me realize that my mom could die any day now. And so the thing that I realized out of that moment is you have to be okay with death coming for anyone. I have to be okay with my wife dying. I have to be okay with me dying. I have to be okay with my mom and my dad and my sister dying. Because otherwise you're just living in this fear of fear of somebody else dying. And then you, you try to protect them and you try to keep them safe all the time. And then you don't let them live. And you need to live. You need to not be afraid. You have to live. Because what is a life where you're sheltered? You take it to the extreme and you never leave your house and you just sit in your house and you're too afraid to go anywhere. That's not life. That's not living. And you take it to the other extreme where you ride a motorcycle every day without a helmet through town as fast as you can. Then you're, you know, death is coming for you, right? At a much quicker pace. And you have those extremes and and everybody kind of lies somewhere in the middle and it's, where are you in that middle? And when, when my mom told me that I started to realize, okay, how do you become okay with death with, with somebody that's within your family? And the only way you can become happy with that or, or okay with that, at least for me personally, how I've become okay with it is by spending as much time as I can with them with them while still being happy with with where with with progressing in my own life and moving my own life forward if that makes sense so so every chance I get to spend time with my family and it makes it makes sense you know logistically and works out with schedules and work and all that stuff I do because I know that that it's something that like you, death can come 
in a, in next week from my, the cancer could come back and my mom could die. And I need to know that I spent the time with her and told her I loved her and, and had a good time with her and shared laughs. And when she dies, whether she dies in two weeks or she dies in 20 years or 40 years, like I need to know that I had a good time with her. I told her I loved her and I told her I was you, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the way she raised me. I, I enjoy spending time with her. Um, I love how she plays with my kids and, and she's a grandma and, and I need to know that I did all that right. So when she does dies, I don't have regrets. I don't have regrets about it. I spent the time that I wanted to spend and I'm okay with that because people, people grieving over someone's death Really, when you boil it down, it's a selfish act. Almost everybody who grieves over someone's deaths, they always say, I didn't get to spend enough time with them. I wanted to spend more time with them. They had so much left to do. I wanted I wanted to do this with them. I wanted to do that. These are all selfish things coming out of you because you didn't put in the time while they were alive. If you put in the time while they're alive and you're extremely happy with everything that's going on, then when they die, it's okay. It's okay because you did everything you could in the time you had with them and you were happy about it. And so I, I, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I have in life is, is don't, how do I say it? Um, I don't even, I can't remember how we got onto the death piece here, but you have to get you have to get everything you can while you can and be very intentional with your time because you got to be okay when shit doesn't work out. Time doesn't come back for you. You have to put in the time the way you want to and you need to be intentional with it. I think there's this is something that I struggle with as well often and I think um I think other people do and maybe people don't realize it. But we we kind of float through life a lot um in terms of you know you just get like stuck in a routine of yep monday through friday this is what i do this is how i go about it and and you just do it and then the weekends you know you go hang out with your friends you party you drink you go camping you go fishing you go hunting you go hiking i I don't know you go to concerts whatever it is you like to do you go do those things and then the next week you do the same thing monday through friday and then you get back onto the weekends and you do something fun and then Monday through Friday, same thing, weekends, fun, Monday through Friday. And all of a sudden you're in this like routine and you're, and you're floating through life and things are going well, but you're not being like directly intentional with your time. Things are just going well. And if you, if you, the, one of the biggest pieces I have in terms of like getting, getting everything you can in the time you have is being intentional with how you lay out your years, having an end goal in mind, where do you want to be? So I am 32 right now. Where do I want to be when I'm 40? What do I want my life to look like when I'm 40? What do I want my house to look like? My what do my what kids? What ages will my kids be? What do I want to do? I want to be playing sports with them. Do I want to be practicing with them? Do I want to be coaching their teams? Do I want to? Uh, do I want to be in a different town? Do I want to move? Uh, do, do I want my wife to be working? Do I want her to not be working? Do I need to make enough money so that she doesn't have to work? Uh, where do I want to be in my career? Do I want to have a job? Do I want to 
try to find a way to not work when I'm 40 and already like quote unquote be retired? Or do I want to have a plenty of money to just sit back and be able to do what I feel like doing every day and making 30 grand a year, but have enough money in investments or whatever that I don't need to make 80 grand a year to make my payments. Like having this, this objective in mind where you want to be at a certain age at a certain time, and then working that backwards to being intentional with where you're at because there's never people don't people who who are who are floating through life and doing well people who are making let's just say let's just say you're making 70 grand a year you're making a very comfortable living life's fucking good you don't have many problems you live within your budget all is good why would you ever change your job Right. And this is where that float comes in and that progression in life comes in. Why would you ever change your job when everything's going so smoothly? You become complacent. You become, hey, all is all is good in the world, but you're not challenging yourself. You're not progressing. You're not moving forward, but things are good. Right. So when are you going to spark up a resume and try to find something new? Probably not. You're probably not going to do it for a long time because the fear of the unknown, the fear of working in a culture that you don't know with coworkers, you don't know at a job, you don't know with leadership, you don't know with a company, you don't know. That's all scary. Unknown is scary. I am complacent. I am happy. I am doing okay with where I'm at. So I'm just going to stay here and I'm not even going to look for other jobs. And that is that complacency factor that I try to avoid like the plague. I am I am very happy. I've been at my current job for two years. I've never been happier. It's a total, total shift in everything that I've ever known. And I and I never thought I could at my old job, I thought I had it great. And here I have it even better. And I didn't know that like that was possible at the time. This could have been terrible. This new job could have been awful. I could have hated it. I could have bounced out after a year and gone somewhere else. But I'm having a great time. I'm doing really well. I'm very happy with where I'm at. And I'm, and I'm trying to progress within this job, within this company, within this role. I'm trying to get better here. But, but when, you, when, when everything's going okay, people tend to not progress. And that's where I think the depression or the the unfulfillment in life starts creeping in and it doesn't creep in over an hour or a day or a week it creeps in over months over years and all of a sudden like you know you go from a one percent unfulfillment to a one and a half to a two and a half to a four percent and then all of a sudden the smallest things at work are super irritating and they're extremely petty like someone putting the wrong paper clip on a freaking notepad or something and you're starting to get pissy about it that is the definition of you are so unfulfilled that you are pissed off at the smallest things here and you need to leave you need to go figure out something new in your life because that's that is something that you should not be upset about but it is. It's upsetting to you. And it's not that it's the paperclip on the wrong notepad that's upsetting to you. It's the fact that you've told that guy 1,400 times not to do that or that girl or whatever and it's still there and it's just eating away at your soul. And that is 
something that you need to when when I notice when my wife does little tiny things that I that I'm like oh my god she freaking uh, I don't know uh, uh, didn't clean out the bottle which is something that I do often so I this is something that pisses her off that I do uh, I I don't sometimes I don't wash the baby bottle after I just rinse it and set it there she always she always gets pissed off when I don't and it's something that's so petty. It doesn't have an impact on life at all. It doesn't hurt anybody. I just have to do it the next morning, but it pisses her off, right? Or if it pisses me off and makes me upset, then, then that's when I know I'm irritated at something else. It's something petty that's causing me a lot of irritation. It's because I'm upset about something else much larger, and it's usually something wrong with myself that's causing me to exert that, that irritation onto somebody else. And I blow up on somebody else. I, I've had it happen to me all the time. Um, and I've, I've done it to people. And I'm sure everybody listening, that's happened as well. People blow up at you over the smallest freaking thing. And you're like, wow, what the hell was that? Right? I mean, we've all been there. So as we're like, at, at, as you're at your job and you're trying to figure out where you want to go and what you want to do and how you want to move through life, I just highly, highly suggest that you think about where you want to go with your progression in life, uh, especially work. You know, do you want to get the next promotion? Are you working towards the next promotion? Are you trying to climb the ladder within your company? Are you trying to move up? Are you trying to move forward, right? Are you trying to get that next leadership role? Maybe it's not even like trying to move uh, jobs. Maybe it's trying to move departments. Maybe it's trying to move position in a team. Maybe you're just trying to go from, you know, being a team player to being the leader of the team within that role, or you want to be a project lead or whatever it is. Maybe you're just trying to get to that next, the next step you're trying to get there, right? And if you don't want to get there, why? Think about why. Do you not like it? Do you not enjoy it? Is it something that you don't want the responsibility of and you just want to be complacent? And that's okay if you just want to be complacent. I'm not saying that's awful because whatever makes you happy is fantastic. But for those of you who, who find yourself in a rut, you need to start setting measurable goals that you can reach. And a promotion and a leadership position is one of them. Getting to that next piece. And, and even if you need to, to move jobs to a different company to get there, right? You've been, a, you've been a, and this is something that I run across all the time, is a, a project engineer. They're in construction industry. It's kind of like an entry-level position. Um, and you're, you're not a superintendent or a foreman. You're not a, a manager at all or a PM or anything like that. You're kind of at this beginning and you have this big, bur- wide breadth of positions you can take after this project engineer role. And if you're in this, when I looked at people on LinkedIn and they're in a project engineer and they've been there for more than like four years, I know they're like stuck in a rut or they really like what the hell they do. They don't want to move forward with responsibility um, or they're really good and they've just never changed their LinkedIn profile and they've actually climbed the ladder. There's there's things that you look at and you're like, okay, these people are 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 either complacent or they haven't moved forward and they need to just move jobs. They need to go somewhere else because they're not progressing. And if you want to go from that project engineer and you're not getting the promotion, you're not getting to a superintendent, you're not getting the opportunity to be a PM, you're not getting the opportunity to be a manager in any way, maybe it's time you need to move to a different company that is willing to offer you that, that's willing to offer you that project management. 
hundreds, thousands, millions, tens of millions, or I'm sorry, tens of thousands of companies right now are hiring. And I'm seeing it all the time. People who should not be in a position that they're in and they're getting hired to be in that position because there's no one else to fill that role or they interviewed really well or whatever it is. I know all of us have seen that as well. How in the hell did Tim get that promotion? I don't know. Maybe the other applicants were that bad. I have no idea, but at the same time, like the opportunity is out there if you just want to go look for it. So if you are in a position where you're not getting the opportunity in your team, you need to look elsewhere. And 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 progression and moving forward to that next step, that next promotion, that next role. And I see this, I see this often too. I work in a business to business uh, a company and I and I see people move up roles and once they're at a new role like say they go from an engineer to a manager they never go back to an engineer they're they'll move to they'll move from company a as an engineer to company b as a manager and then they'll move to company c as a manager and then they might move back to company a as a director right so they they're climbing that ladder but they're working around the around the internal system they're moving outside of it and then coming back later and, and it's and it is wild to see this happen. And I don't know how companies miss this or, or what's going on within their internal hiring process and whatnot, but it happens all the time. And you can achieve the status of the next position at a different company and then always come back to your current company with that status, with that higher status, that higher title, that higher role, which which demands a higher compensation package and a better work uh, work environment. Like that's what it demands. Because once you're at that level, you get to start demanding more. Right. And so maybe where you're at, you just have to look outside and maybe you got to go to a company. You're not necessarily totally full on, but you got to go there to gain that status and that title and experience for a year. And then you got to move on. And maybe that's part of the plan. That's the plan that you've developed as well. This year is kind of going to be iffy, but at the same time, I'm willing to take the shot because it gives me that title. And then I get to move somewhere else after that. And maybe it'll open new doors for me. And if you've been in a role for years and years and years and it hasn't opened any doors for you, the next role might. The next role might open more. Right? So you just have to be willing to take the chances and jump into that unknown and take that risk. Make sure it's calculated. Make sure you have an idea what you're doing and what you're getting into and what you're leaving behind. But at the same time, you have to be open to it. I remember um, I was looking for a... Uh, I was looking for somebody to work for with me in my job and I had talked to a couple people and one of the guys, uh, I, I never, I didn't want to tell this person how much money they would make or what the compensation package or anything was until they said they were interested in the job until they said, Hey, I'll hop on a phone call with you. And I know, I know what they were making and I know what I was going to offer them was going to be two to three times more than what they were making. And so I was like, "Hey, um, here's the uh, here's here's the role. Are you guys are you interested in it?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm interested in it." I said, "Okay, cool. Let's talk in a couple of days when I grab some time." He said, "Sounds good." A couple of days, I shot him a text. I said, "Hey, man, um, you got time to talk today?" And he said, "He said, Nah, dude, I'm so busy today. I just can't." And I said, "All right. Well, are you still interested? We can talk tomorrow then." And he said, "Actually, you know what? I'm really happy with where I'm at. I'm I'm good." And I said are you you're sure? And he said, yeah, man, I, I, I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate the offer. And maybe I, I know he's still happy, but I'm, I, I feel personally, he, he had a door open for him when 
when we were brainstorming about who to, who I could hire and he turned it down without knowing anything. And that's, you have to have the ability to, to at least explore the unknown, at least have a conversation about it, at least look it up, at least get, if you're, if you're not happy with where you're at or you feel you're very complacent, at least look at some other jobs out there that are similar to yours and see where they're at and what they're up to. Because there, there could be more opportunity out there for you and that is that next step in progression rather than just trying to potentially climb the ladder internally. So, I mean, and then that's just for work and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be moving jobs or growing that ladder. Maybe it's just, maybe you're at the top of the rung where you want to be at. Maybe you're at a director status or a, 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 a sales manager status or whatever. And the next thing is just making a higher quota, providing more, doing more, doing, doing percentage points better. Like if you're in operations for sales, for me, it's really easy because like the more I sell, the better I feel right? In terms of progression, like if my goal was to sell a hundred grand and then I, I, I sold 120 grand instead, or I sold 150 grand and the next year I sell 200 grand, like that's really easy to understand. Like, did you do better? Yep. The number's higher. Fantastic. You did better. Right. So like, that's really easy to understand, but, but, uh, there's like operations people and like HR and accounting and, and marketing people. And it's really hard to, to put, uh, they, there isn't like a quota for that, right? It's how how do you do better? You need to sit down and go, okay, well, if here's here's what I'm supposed to do, here's how I can do better. Because I one of the things that I that I have a really hard time with is uh, jobs that don't have a measurable outcome, um, because it's like how do you how do you know if that person's good at what they do or not, right? So like a, a accounting. You don't tell you. You can't figure out if someone's like really good at accounting, um, but you can certainly tell if they're really bad, right? If they're screwing up everything, you can definitely tell if they're really bad. But if they're really good, it just means they're they're getting all the numbers right, right? To, I I don't know how how you tell if if someone's a better accountant than somebody else, right? I don't know if you tell how how you can tell um, somebody's a better at HR than somebody else. I, I think it's all. Uh, that's like one of those feel those, those emotionals. There isn't like a hard, a hard rating scale on them. So if you are in one of those roles, you have to set your own creative goals there. You have to figure out something that you know, personally, that you can set personally to make sure that you're doing better and you're getting better and you're progressing. Now that's kind of the, the whole work side of things. And, and I say this out of, out of, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of respect for some people that I know um, that seem to be stuck in that work goal, and I've talked to them a little bit about it. But at the same time, I just want to get this out to anybody else out there who's having that kind of um, stuck in the mud feeling. You got to start looking, and you got to keep progressing through life. Because if you're not, you're just falling behind. It's like it. it like I said, it. it it goes back to the whole 10 minute mile thing. If you're at 10 minute mile and in, you know, in a month, you're still at a 10 minute mile, you're not, you're not progressing. It doesn't make you feel good. You need to, you need to progress in order to feel good. And that's like the, the, the value of life itself. And in just in general is, is fulfillment, like making sure that you feel fulfilled and what, what makes you feel fulfilled is things with high moral quality within our culture. You know, you can't, you can't feel good about murder, murdering 10 people, right? I don't think that's a good thing. Um, 
but you can feel good about, uh, I don't know, uh, if you're a firefighter and you saved 15 people from burning buildings, you can feel good about that, right? That's a high moral quality standard. And I feel that like, you know, if you're progressing and you're moving forward in life and your goals are of high moral quality, you want to do better by treating others well and having karma help you and just doing, putting in 110% every day and always saying the nice, the right things, like that is the way to go. And that is like always being truthful and honest and trying to do your best and not, not skipping out and saying you put it all in there. Like there are days when I will only get in six to seven hours of work and I know I should be putting in eight. And I know that if uh, I don't hit whatever goal I'm looking for and I only put in six hours, I know that can come to bite me in the ass. Right? So I always try to put in my time. And there's plenty of times where I will work throughout the day. You know, my kids are home now. My wife's home because she, she's a teacher. So she's home for the summer. And I want to spend, you know, lunch with them. So I'll spend an hour with them. But then I'll come back down to my office at 8 p.m. or 8.30 or 9 after I get through putting all the kids to bed and dinner and everything. And I'll come back down and I'll put in another hour of time. I'll finish out my emails. I'll write out my, my responses. I'll, I'll work on whatever I need to work on to make sure that I'm still on par with where I'm at or where I need to be. Cause I have, I, you know, my job, I have an annual quota. I have quarterly quotas. And for me personally, I have monthly quotas based on what I'm trying to get after. And I have companies that I'm targeting that I need to work towards breaking into. And so I have all these different goals and quotas set for myself personally that then build up over time to get to my month, my quarterly and my annual quotas that my company set for me. And that's how I go through life at work. Um, and I just, I, 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 and I have fulfillment in that. If, if I, I do well and I work hard and it seems to work out for me. And so I just, I want to pass that on to other people. And I know there are plenty of days where it doesn't. I'm in sales. I hear 55 no's to one yes. So there are days that just suck. So don't think my life's perfect and that I have everything and, and life's just working out for me. It is, but I'm putting in a lot of freaking time and a lot of effort. And I'm working as hard as I can. And, and more importantly, I'm working as smart as I can. And I'm being extremely intentional with what I'm up to and how I'm going about that. Moving off of, moving off of, of work and moving into something I just wanted to, to touch on with this because I didn't want this to be a, an extremely long podcast. But, but man, you have to be progressing with how you handle money. Everybody needs to be better at how they handle money. And, and, and even the best, the best of the best are always constantly analyzing, even Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all these guys who got billions of dollars laying around. These guys are analyzing how they're spending their money and how they're using their money. They're just, instead of thinking about, you know, us investing a thousand, like I, I can think about myself investing a thousand dollars. These guys are just adding a few zeros to it, right? But they're thinking about it the same. How do I get a better return? How do I get a better rate? How do I make this money work more for me? And I think everybody, and I'm not talking about just investments. If you think I'm going to roll down some trail of investments, uh, you're, you're wrong here. I'm thinking, I'm talking about 
how do you make yourself free of the cage that is our current monetary system in our current banking system in our current culture of spend 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 keep up with the joneses you never have enough here's more things you should buy don't worry i'll give you credit don't worry i'll give you credit oh you can take a loan for this oh you can take credit for that oh we can do a reverse mortgage for you here like how do we how do you do better so that you're not you're not stuck in this cage that so many people find themselves in within our society right now. And especially with how inflation's rolling right now and how the housing market and gas and groceries and everything's skyrocketing. The the money management side of things is what gives you freedom. Let me t- so here's a perfect here's a great example. Okay. If you have Let's just say you worked really hard, you saved a bunch of money, and uh, you got $70,000 sitting in the bank, seven zero. You busted your ass for six years, seven years, eight years, and you just packed, let's just say seven years, you packed away 10 grand every year, and you got 70 grand sitting in your bank account, right? And that's after all your payments and everything that you already have. And then work comes along and says, hey, Anthony, Um, you need to, you need to take this COVID vaccine or you can't work here. If I have, if I've paid off my house, if I'm smart with my money and my annual or my monthly expenses are, let's just say my monthly expenses are, are with a paid off house on a high end, 1500 bucks. Right, paid off house, paid off car. Maybe well, actually, let's reverse that. You have a house payment, you have a car payment, you have, uh, you have your cell phone, you have all your utilities and all your jazz. Right, you have no credit card debt, and and all your payments monthly add up to three three grand. Let's just say house is a grand, cars five hundred bucks, utilities is another four hundred dollars, and then groceries and cell phone and everything. Right, you're looking at three grand, three grand a month. And your company says, hey, Anthony, you have to take this COVID vaccine and um, and you have no choice or we're going to fire you. And you go, well, I don't really want to take this COVID vaccine. And this is 100% like if you took the vaccine, I don't give a shit. I, I don't care at all. This is not anti-COVID, anti-vaccine stuff. This is just life. This is something that came up recently that people need to like really take a look at what happened. Because if you have 70 grand in the bank, and you can you own your monthly expenses are three grand. That means you got twenty months, twenty three months. If the if you fire if they fire you to find a new job, you got two years to find a new job that won't force you to take the vaccine, right? If you have well well or if you saved up well, you don't have to do that. However, if you only have five grand in the bank. And you've been spending, spending, spending. You like to go out to bars on the weekend. You like to buy whatever the fuck you feel like at Amazon. You overbought on your car. You overbought on your house. You're you have the most expensive cell phone plan. You have all the all the charter. Your cable. You have internet. You have you have freaking home phone. You have everything. Uh, 
you you know you have 10 credit cards that are all have a little bit of debt on them uh you know whatever you have all these payments and you only have five grand in the bank then when they tell you you have to take the covid vaccine well you know what you're doing you're taking the covid vaccine because you can't afford to quit you can't afford to be fired you're shackled by the fact that you've done so poorly with your money that you now now people are demanding things of you and you have to say yes, otherwise you can't afford your house the next month. And that is the that is the 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 that is how you need to get better with your money, in the sense of the the better you are with your money, the less uh, the less power your government, your job, your family. Maybe you have a really overbearing mother-in-law or father-in-law or maybe it's your own dad or maybe it's your grandparents and they're really overbearing and, 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 the, and you need money from them or you need something from them every month or every year or something like that. The more money you have and the better you are with your money, the less anyone can control you. The more freedom you have. Money really does, it doesn't, and if you're going by typical societal norms and culture, money buys you freedom because you're not shackled to needing something from somebody else. And if you have no payments, you don't have a house payment, don't have a car payment, don't have any other payments, don't have you know credit card payments, you don't have like some sort of oddball loan for a boat or whatever it is then you don't have to abide by anyone's rules when they tell you, you have to do this. No, I don't. I'll just quit my job. I'll just quit my job and I'll go do what I feel like doing. I don't need you. I don't need the government to do something for me. I don't need my work to do something for me. I don't need my father's money to make sure that I make my house payment next month. People get into that shit all the time where they owe or they get like an allowance, right, from their parents. And then they need that money. So then when their parent says, hey, I need you to be at this graduation party for this kid that you hate because his dad is my boss and I need you to be there, like, you don't have to do that. Because you don't need your dad's money anymore or your mom's money or your aunt's money or whatever it is or, you know, like I've seen that before too. My ex-girlfriend, her sister was like 38 years old, still getting allowance and she would have to do whatever her parents told her or else she wouldn't get her allowance, which was her apartment paid for. And she just spent money like she didn't care because her parents always paid for her apartment. So it never mattered to her. But then her parents would be like, well, I need to do this and that. And she would gripe and gripe about it. But she'd have to because she needed the apartment payment. And so if you guys can create, you know, progress in terms of how you utilize your money. And it doesn't matter like, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty well. Okay, well, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, And I'm still trying to figure out what I can do more with my money. Can I... Can I invest it into someone? Can I help somebody else out? Can I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. Can I donate more? Can I find better charities to give money to? Can I help more people in different ways with this money and still, still make, can I, can I invest enough that I can give away some and not care? Like, how does that all work and how can I do more with it? That always comes back up to me. Um, 
and, and you're always trying to do better, always trying to progress, learn more about what to do with money, how to save it, how to not be in debt, how to get the freedom, how to invest it, you know, earn, save and invest, right? Where do you want to be at in 10 years with your money? Where do you want to be at when you're 65? That's the basic question for your retirement, right? Your 401k, your Roth IRA, your IRA, your Roth 401k, all that fun stuff. That is the basic question. You know, where do you want to be when you retire? You set a goal, then you work backwards. Okay, based on like our goal is, I think my goal for my Roth is like I wanted 1.4 million or something like that in the stock with my Roth IRA by the time I was you know, 65. So with that goal, the financial advisor that I have works out a plan. He goes, you need to put in X amount of dollars every month in order to get there and you will get to there and you will have that money by the time you're 65 or most likely, assuming stock markets don't crash, yada, 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 all that shit. Most likely that is that is the most likely outcome. Fantastic, okay? So so that's a plan, right? And you need to have that same plan with all with, with your money just in general, not just your retirement. How are you going to, you know, if you want to, yeah, that's great if you wanna to work to your 65. What if, what if for me personally with Deervane, I would love, I would absolutely love if I didn't have to work by the time I was like 45. So that's 13 years. Like if I could make enough money by the time I'm 45 to not have to work and I could start hunting and making videos and making content. And if I have the money, I don't need to be beholden to sponsorships. I don't have to shoot rage broadheads because they give me five grand a year, or 10 grand a year because I need to make the money. Like you see that all the time from hunting shows, right? Some of these guys, they don't, they take any brand that comes to them because they'll give them money to shoot their product. Right. And then they, then they're stuck with these companies because that's the only way they make a living. Like I, I, you know, it'd be like, I, I don't like rage broadheads. There's a lot of people out there that like them. I don't like them. But if, if you, if you were dependent on rage broadheads, cutting you a check and rage is owned by Faradine. So if you ever want to figure out that company type in Faradine, um, if you, if you're beholden to Faradine, then, and you need the check from Faradine for 30 grand a year, like you're going to do what they tell you to do because you need the money. But if you have all the money in the bank and it doesn't matter what Faradine says, then you can go shoot Iron Will broadheads because Bill over at Iron Will, he ain't going to give you 30 grand to shoot him, but he makes a damn good broadhead much better than Rage. And he probably won't give you anything. He'll probably just give you broadheads for free, but you're going to feel better about it because you're shooting a better broadhead that you like more, that you know is better. You're helping a smaller guy out and you're not beholden to the money. You're, you then get to choose the product that you want to shoot and the gear that you want to have. You're not dependent upon someone paying you for it. And then once you're able to do that, the people that you do like will come to you and say, Hey, I see you're using our stuff. Can we partner more? Yeah, you bet. I already like your stuff. I like it. I use it. I don't have to work with someone I don't want to work with. So for me personally, my goal, if I could do that by the time I'm 45 and start hunting and educating on hunting and working in the outdoors and, and doing something of that nature by that time and finding a way to make somewhere between 40 and 60 grand a year doing that, that would be phenomenal. 
right? I'm not saying I, I'm, I wouldn't be obviously retired by the time I'm 45, but I would have enough money that if I tried to do that for three, four years and it sucked and it failed and I made five grand a year and I had to pick up a bartender job just to make ends meet or a summer gig working construction or something like that to make ends meet that year, that's fine. At least I, at least I gave myself the opportunity to try to do that and I'm not beholden to the money and I don't have to go solicit myself to companies that I don't want to work with. And I can always restart and jump back into, you know, I work in software sales. I can probably be able to work back into software sales, but I'd like to get to the point where I can just bounce, have a good time, see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I can always go back. And for me, there's a dollar value that, that I personally have that I need to get to by the time I'm 45 that I have within my bank account um, and that I can do that. And then once I get there, like then I can make that leap. So that's me. That's one of my money strategies. And I just want to lay that out there that everybody should be thinking about some money strategies. Now, the last thing to, to chat about here would be, you know, the hunting side of things. Obviously... Um, we're at the one hour mark right now. Um, the hunting side of things is pretty, people People tend to think that progression in hunting is just shooting a bigger buck. I don't think that's, I, I think once you, once you do that um, and there's guys who shoot like 200 inch deer, 210 inch deer, like the next year, they might shoot a 160 and be happier than when they shot that 210. Um, and, and I don't, so I don't think the inches are where it's at. I think, I think it's really about maturity and the type of hunt that you're on that is progression. But the biggest thing I can, the biggest thing I could talk about in terms of hunting that I have noticed is, is I, I've gone through some, some cycles in hunting of, of not knowing anything and then being extremely like, uh, what I want to say, like extremely, I, I, I washed all my clothes before every time I went out. I always hung them outside. I was extremely cautious with everything, planning my interior, and I was super meticulous with everything. And it got so overbearing to the point that like I wouldn't go hunting if I didn't wash my clothes before I went out. And that was that didn't feel good at all. Like that sucked. Because um, you look back on that season and you're just like, you're being so OCD about things that it's not fun anymore. And you want to go out there to fill the freezer, but you also want to have fun in the process, right? So, so there, there's, there's a happy medium to all this. And the idea for me in, in progression in hunting, the biggest thing is, is to have, have a lot of, certainly have fun, but always go out there for the right reasons is the biggest one. Um, I'm trying to think of how to say this. I think it's about the hunt itself and the journey of that season that makes it a progression. I don't ever want to make the same mistake twice. I want to understand and learn every inch of the piece of the ground that I'm hunting. So I know when deer, when I, I know that where I set my tree stand up if there is a good buck in that area that I am trying to kill, I am very, very likely to kill him if he's there that day. That is that is where I want to get to. That is what I think progression is. And I think they I think these happen in like micro uh, sectors of pieces of land. 
And I'm talking like they can be in like uh, when Dylan Lenz and I walked our property, we had 24, we picked out 24 tree stands on our 110 acre farm that uh, can be set up to, to hunt. And, and within those 24 stands, there are probably, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's nine. Yeah. I'd call it nine. There are nine micro sections within that 110 acre property that have like their own terrain, their own, like their own kind of like micro ecosystem within it that you need to be very, very precise within those 10 acre chunks of where you're sitting. And is it, is it this tree or is it the tree 20 yards away or is it the tree 30 yards away? Uh, where is your wind going? How are you entering it? How are you exiting? To me, the progression lies in understanding all those finer details, because I don't think you cannot, you cannot control the, the, you can control to a certain extent, but you cannot control the, the, the size of the deer that show up on your property every year. You can to an extent, don't get me wrong, like you certainly can. Like you can plant food plots, you can give them mineral licks, you can, in Texas or wherever you're at, uh, you might be even be able to introduce genetics and grow bigger deer. And, and, and unless you have a high fence, I'm talking about non-high fence stuff, you don't know if a coyote comes in and eats that big buck you're after. He gets hit by a car. Another buck gores him last season in the shoulder, and it and, and it festers and kills him. Uh, the neighbor poaches him. Um, he drowns in a freak accident while swimming across a river down the road. Like there are all these things that can go wrong. So you can you can control the type of deer on your property to a, a certain degree. Um, but you can't, you can't be a hundred percent certain. And especially with public ground, you don't know what's going to show up there the next year. You can be really, really close, but you don't know. You can't say with a hundred percent certainty. So the idea that, that, that progression lies in the inches of the antlers to me is totally false. The, the idea that progression lies in the ability to know that, when you go to a spot, you are in the best position if a buck is in that area and learning when the buck is in that area. That is progression, like understanding your opponent, which is that deer so well that you are, every time you go out there, you are have extremely high odds of killing that deer. That to me is progression. And that's what I'm working towards. That's what I would like to do. That, that's, that's where like when I'm 50 years old, I would like to be dropped off at a random piece of public ground and be able to walk out there and in six days come out with a really nice, a, a nice high quality buck for that area. That's what I would like to do. Um, and that's to me, that's the goal I'm working towards. And that starts by understanding one piece extremely well and then learning a second piece extremely well and figuring out the nuances in, in within those pieces why why you're killing in certain areas or why you're seeing deer in certain areas and being able to translate that out of that piece that you know so well onto a piece that you don't know well and figuring that out there and then right that's that to me is where progression lies and where like ultimate hunting talent and skill and hard work all plays in 
So that that's that's where I'd say you need to go in progression with hunting. So that is my my Monday kind of motivation on progression, growth in life. For some odd reason, I got on the de- topic of death. Um, but the biggest <laughs> the uh, the biggest thing that that I I want to leave you guys with here today is uh, something that Gary Vaynerchuk always says. And you may not like Gary V. You may hate him. Um, you may love the guy. But one of the things he says, and it's been it's been very true um, in my life since I've kind of uh, adopted this saying and thought, I, obviously I, I love the saying, complacency kills greatness. That's how we started this. That's how I kind of want to end this. But there is one other piece, which is macro patience, micro speed be patient in the long game and know you're not going to become if you want to be let's just uh let's just say you want to become the ceo of a bank you know no that's not going to happen overnight but having the micro speed so have macro patience to get to being a ceo and waiting 15 20 30 years to get there but the micro speed comes in each of those incremental climbs up that ladder to get to that CEO position, get to that next promotion, close that next deal, get that next promotion, move up that ladder, get to becoming, have micro speed in the footsteps it takes you to get to the end of that journey that you're after. Work after, work at them hard, work at them often, and be intentional. I can't say that enough. Be intentional with your time. Regret is my biggest fear. I've had a, I, I had a lot of it in my younger years, and I don't want to have it anymore. I hate it. So I always try to be intentional. All right. Have a good one, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this. If you liked it, leave me a subscribe. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook. Shoot me a text, Snapchat, whatever. Um, yeah, this is just one of those things. Um, uh, I've been thinking about this this a lot when I was um, actually when I was weightlifting. Um, I think about it a lot when I'm weightlifting and just trying to progress, progress in life, progress in weights, progress in running, progress in hunting, progress in my family and my relationship with my wife and my kids. How do I make that better? Self reflection, self improvement, self diagnosis. Where are you? Who are you? How can you improve? Those are all things that I think about all the time and just want to pass that on to you guys all right hope you guys have a great week uh if you have any questions want to hit me up i i I will give advice i am nowhere near perfect i am nowhere near you know god's gift to life and and advice but i can certainly maybe throw my two cents in just to open up your mind a little bit to another thought another idea another opportunity that might exist um Whatever it is, uh, if, if you want to hit me up or you have questions, feel free. Feel free to throw it out there. All right. Catch you guys later.